The views and opinions expressed by any guest or host of WJMS Media do not reflect the beliefs of its owners or associates. No liability, explicit or implied, should be extended to WJMS Media or its show hosts, whose words, advice, and or opinions appear from or on our website or on air. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. Are we on the air? This is WJMS Media. Jam. This chick is a sick individual. You're tuned in to Sound Off with your girl Jams right here on WJMS Media. There is no competition. What's up, everybody? Welcome to WJMS Media. This is your girl, Jams. I'm so excited to be with you today. Oh, I have a good show for you guys. Really, really excited to have this guest with me. Uh, Before we get into the show for this evening, uh, of course, a few housekeeping things to go over. WJMS Media, we are live and launched, ladies and gentlemen. So I know we have expanded from WJMS Radio over to the media platform. We have officially launched. And so if you're not hip, please get hip. Go check out our website, WJMS Media, on you know Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, all of the major platforms. Go check us out, get connected, and definitely hit the website and subscribe. We have a newsletter coming out. Um, our Patreon account has been updated with new tiers. So folks that want to, you know, support us and subscribe to us, we have some really good exclusive content on there and an entire year full of things that I think are going to be pretty amazing. And I'm really excited for where WJMS Media is going. I want to shout out the people behind the scenes that help make all of this possible. Uh, the folks that are interning with us, we've got Tim, Jack, and Casey. Of course, my folks uh, who actually are on the station with me, we've got Rita and Steve, and I appreciate everybody who tunes in regularly, who likes and shares our content, who follows us, who works with us, who continuously you know, recommends us to people that they know. We thank you and we appreciate you. But I want to get into the show. I want to give this lady as much of my time as I possibly can. If you guys want to connect with us, we are live on Facebook. We are also live on YouTube as well. Make sure you drop comments in the chat. We will read all of your comments and encouragement as we go through the episode. Uh, but my guest for today is Miss Rita Brent. She's a comedian, a musician, a military veteran, and she's from Jackson, Mississippi. She discovered her love for music as a young girl performing in talent shows and Southern Baptist churches as a drummer alongside her mother and singer pianist Angela. At age 18, she joined the 41st Army National Guard Band, where she served for nine years and ended her time in service as a sergeant. And she graduated from her beloved HBCU, Jackson State University's, with a bachelor's degree in mass and speech communications, sort of similar to myself. And she pledged Delta Sigma Theta as well. And then after graduating JSU, she landed at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, where she served as a radio host and producer, also similar to me, (laughs) which is awesome. In March 2013, she made a sharp turn and plunged her career into comedy, um, stand-up comedian to be exact. And she's currently on tour as a feature act with her mentors, Ricky Smiley and Cedric the Entertainer. She wrote for the 73rd Primetime Emmy Awards, and she actually works as a staff writer for Comedy Central and Charlemagne the God show, The God Honest Truth. And she is signed with the uh, Buckwall Talent Agency in New York. And I am really excited. There's so much more in between that that I actually skipped because I wanted to give her an opportunity to talk about what she's done and what she, what she has going on. But I want to welcome you to the show, Rita. Thank you for being with me today. And how are you doing tonight? 
I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure being here. Yes. So exciting. You have so much stuff going on. First of all, when I was reading your bio, I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is a lot of resume stuff right here. Um, yeah, I'm still not rich. So, <laughs> right? Like, does it ever get any easier? <laughs> still pinching uh, pennies out here. <laughs> listen, pinching pennies, like putting water in the milk cart. And we understand, we know the struggle, we know how it goes. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, I want to thank you for your service in the Army. My husband is in the Army as well. And so, I definitely know the sacrifice and all that goes into being in the army. So I appreciate everything that you've gone through and that you've done for us and the country and everything else. So thank you for that. Um, Pleasure to serve. What What is your, what does your husband do in the army? He is, oh God, he's going to kill me. He is an army. He's a, sar a sergeant first class. His MOS is field or fuel and ammunitions. So he handles oh. all that good stuff on base. We live in Savannah, Georgia. And so he's stationed at Hunter. And so that's his that's his role. Hopefully I said that right. I'll probably hear about it if I didn't later on. Tonight. That's correct. But I'm fairly yeah. sure. I'm fairly sure I said it correctly. I'm but pretty yeah, sure your husband has sacrificed way more than I did as a as a drummer in the band. Let's just listen, be clear about that. <laughs> every every role is important. Okay. Every role is important. It doesn't matter. But also happy belated birthday. I was really excited to see that on social media. Did you do anything yeah. fun? I did. I celebrated my 35th birthday and I share a birthday with Oprah and um, she does not know that I'm praying <laughs> one day she'll know. I'm like, come on, you're from Mississippi. I'm from Mississippi, Oprah. You must know that you have somebody out here in your shadow. Uh, so I came home to do a birthday, a pop-up comedy show slash birthday show. So I did about an hour of comedy. A couple friends of mine performed some comedy as well. Talented violinist named John um, Uzudinma. He performed as well. And it was just amazing. It was a small but mighty crowd. The energy was electric. We ate some cake and had some champagne. And I don't think I would have rather spent my birthday any other way than here in Mississippi, where I know I am loved. So it was a great time. That sounds amazing. There's nothing like being surrounded with love on your birthday. I don't know yeah, what it yeah. is about birthdays that it's just like, you just got a little extra pep in your step. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, and 35, that's a big number. I turned 35 this year too. We are very similar. Mm -hmm. As I'm reading through all your stuff, I'm like, okay, this is, this is interesting. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's... We are closer to 40 than we are to 25, as depressing as that is to say. Yeah, I feel I feel young in on the inside. Now I'm noticing my knees are cracking a little bit more. Uh, certain foods are not agreeing with me a little more often, like cheese and milk and all that. I'm like, oh, no, I got to make some adjustments. OK, I get it now. My grandmother, she always says, just keep living. Now I understand what that means. <laughs> Listen, I, these can't be the same knees that we was in the club twerking to and, and doing the twerk of the percolator and all that stuff. They can't be. Yeah. I refuse nah. to believe it. But nah. anyway, I digress. So first of all, I want to jump into all the things that you're doing. So comedy, you have a podcast, music, <laughs> producing, writing. Which of these things is your favorite thing to do? Like, what is what is the one that you enjoy doing the most out of all of it? Hmm. If I had to pick off the top of my head, I would say um, music. Because with music, I get to combine comedy sometimes. I do satirical songs. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I can either make it funny or I can make it serious with my song, I Deserve to Be Alive, which is like a civil rights type socially conscious song but I am really excited whenever I'm performing music or writing it for someone else or writing it for myself and I think music 
it, it's uh, it's more perpetual. It, it lasts longer to me uh, than yes. comedy. I mean, you know, you think about comedians, uh, Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle, their, their comedy is going to live forever as well. But in terms of, you know, you play What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, yeah, that's still relevant today, you know. Uh, I mean, the same comparisons can be made with comedy as well, but I, I think music kind of withstands uh, tests of time to me a little bit more. So I would definitely say music. Okay. And we do have mm -hmm. a, a little comedy music clip to share. Uh, I can't wait. It was I watched it and I was like, <laughs> I was cracking up. Oh, boy. I'm going to get the background on where this came from and all that kind of stuff soon. But so music okay. is, is your first love. You know, what do you have going on in the music world then? So I know you have your three singles that you put out, Race in the Sip, I Deserve to Be Alive, and Kamala, which are great. Thank but you. do you have, are you looking at putting out an album or anything like that? Or what's what's on the horizon for you musically? Yes, this year in particular, I'm hoping to drop an EP of about seven songs. Um, and it's just, it's it's a little challenging because I I can do so many genres I think it makes us have to be a multi-genre um, EP because I love the Southern soul, which is really popular here in the South, but you know, I can rap and I can sing a little bit. Uh, so I'm leaning toward a multi-genre EP. And so the next thing I'll be doing in this month is uh, going to the studio to record that first song that I'm going to release as a single next. But I do want to re-record uh, the song I Deserve to Be Alive because I, I think it's really it's relevant right now because it's Black History Month. And uh, this weekend, I'm going to be hosting a peace walk and peace talk with Trayvon Martin's mother. And so, okay. uh, yeah, that's that's going to be like a full circle thing for me to be walking alongside her. And I have her son's name in my song. So I'm going to re-release that song as well. I deserve to be alive. That is going to be super powerful. Like, oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, share that with us when you do. We would love to to promote with you and and share with our network as well because that's I think that's amazing. Um, yeah. So, in terms of music, would you say that you got some of your musical influence from your southern upbringing, or because I mean you have so many genres that you're good with? So, where did all that come from? You know, it has to be if you're sort of a melting pot. What were some of the things that poured into you when you were younger to create who you are today? Well, I started gigging, like performing with uh, a full band when I was about 18. It made a, it made, yeah, it was before that. Yeah, it was before 21 because they used to have to sneak me into the casino in Mississippi, <laughs> uh, in Vicksburg. I was on the drums and I wasn't singing background at the time. But I mean, I started in church. So, of course, I have gospel influences. My mother is a gospel artist. I've written a gospel song for her and some other folks. So uh, the foundation is gospel. You know, I know all about changes and, and you know, I could just recognize so much thing, so many things musically uh, because I played drums in church my whole life and my mother is a pianist. So that's my foundation. But when I started gigging and playing R&B music, that's when I learned about your Earth, Wind and Fire and Stevie Wonder and Prince, who's my favorite artist. Uh, playing the music really did inform my style uh, for the kind of music that I want to make. And I don't know what made me start rapping. I was just like, <laughs> I'm just going to try it. And it worked. You know, I was like, oh, I can, I can rap fast too. So I, I had been listening to all the rap uh, and some of it just didn't, uh, it didn't meet my taste buds. And I yep. said, well, I'm just going to put out what I'm not hearing instead of complaining about, oh, this music ain't like it used to be. I'm just going to put out the music that I like to hear and make it available so that works 
That absolutely mm-hmm. works. And most of the time when we don't see what we want or when we don't like what we have as options, we create our own. That's absolutely, that's, that's yeah. what you do. You know, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so for, I always ask this to, to musicians whenever they come on the show, I always ask who would be sort of like a dream collaboration for you. And I think that would be a super interesting question for you to answer being as though you have so many influences. So who would that person be like, you're putting out your EP coming up this year. Who would you be, you know, absolutely just geeked to be on the album with? Hmm. Well, it would have been Prince. Oh, man. man. Yeah. Yeah. A multi-instrumentalist. I went to see him live and he was hopping from the drums to the piano, to the guitar. And I'm just like, yo, this is, this is amazing. Uh, just in, in terms of funk and pure talent and just having an ear out of this world, it would have been Prince. Mm. Um, so now I, I might like to collaborate with an Anderson Peck. Uh, I think we have very similar styles. You know, he drums and he plays yep. drums while he's singing. I do the same thing. Yeah, I, I really like that fella. So I think a, a, a collaboration there could work. We could both be on the drum set singing and rapping or whatever. It'll be tight. Oh my lord! Um, I am. Like, I, I know his radar, him. but you know, are you? <laughs> yes, I love Anderson Pack's music. Like I have. Oh my goodness! I have. Mm-hmm. I'm, I I don't you know fangirl out over many artists. He's one that yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. Whenever he puts an album out, I'm like, yep, got it. <laughs> not yeah. a, not even a worry. But yeah, I I agree with you. I think that would be a really dope collaboration <laughs> for you to have. And listen, who knows? You're you got this out here right now, so people out there in the internet watching and listening. If you know Anderson Pack, are you, you know, six degrees of separation him somehow, you know, put the, put, the, put the pieces together. Yeah. <laughs> and he seems like he's like super approachable too. That's the thing that like I like about him. He doesn't seem like mm-hmm. he's like a bougie type of celebrity. I feel like if you actually slid in his DMs and said something, he might actually give you the time of day, like as yeah. an artist, not like, you know, groupie type, <laughs> thing, but as an artist. Yeah, he does have this, this underlying vibe of, uh, familiarity and relatability so yeah you might be right it won't hurt what they say shoot your shot it won't hurt. listen shoot your shot all 2020 2022 professional (laughs) shot yes your professional shot yes please don't shoot your personal (laughs) life shot because you know those those don't always end well and you end up screenshotted so you know professionally shoot your shot (laughs) that's right that's right All right. So let's dive into comedy, because that's also, I think, a big part of what you're doing currently, being as though you're, you know, sort of on tour with Cedric the Entertainer. You know, you're writing for Charlemagne the God show and you've been with uh, on Kevin Hart's, um, you know, Laugh Mob and all this kind of stuff. So how did you how did you know you were funny, funny enough to be a stand up comedian? Like, you know, some people try stand up comedy and it they don't do well. So how did you know you had what it took, you know, like and to make that sharp turn? from broadcasting to being a stand-up comedian is, is pretty severe or, you know, extreme. So I just want to know where that came from and how you knew that was what you wanted to do. I didn't know. I didn't know that I wanted to do it professionally. I just thought I wanted to be the, the family comedian or, uh, as they would say, the class clown. Because uh, if I really reflect my entire life, I have been the one trying to make people laugh in any particular arena, whether it was band or basketball. Now my former teammates remind me that I was in the locker room doing something goofy to make them laugh. But it wasn't until I turned 26 that I thought about stand-up comedy as a career. Uh, I went to a comedy show here in Jackson, Mississippi. And while I was watching the other comedians, I started getting butterflies. And it's like, God was speaking to me like, hey, this is something you need to try. You can do this. In a couple of weeks, I did try a couple of weeks later. And yeah, that was uh, going on nine years ago. 
you know, that, that first night I performed, I just felt so much freedom. Yeah. Just to be able to say anything, uh, which comes with a lot of responsibility these days, lately, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with much freedom comes much responsibility. You know, uh, I think we're learning that, but that was nine years ago. And I, I started listening to people who have been, who have been in the industry for a while saying, Hey, you funny, you have what it takes. Because I had dealt with some self-doubt. I still deal with it occasionally. Uh, but, you know, after so many people stamp you, say, hey, you're funny. Well, you had better go ahead and walk into your purpose before it's too late. So that's what I'm doing now. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, it's mm-hmm. and it's one of those things. And I can I can uh, attest to that, too. Like media and radio and all of that is kind of that was the same thing for me. Like I was I went to college for broadcasting and communications and I remember getting an internship. I'll, I'll say I started in the radio club at my college, but I remember mm-hmm. when I got my internship um, at the radio, an official radio station like Wired 96.5 down in Philly, like I remember walking through the doors of that, you know, just the the whole station. And I, I got the same feeling that I think you had with the butterflies and like something just clicks. It feels different. And you're like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like this feels mm-hmm. right, you know? And Absolutely. so- that first time I sat in the studio with one of the on-air hosts, I was, you know, comfortable, like smooth, mm-hmm. no nervousness, no nothing. And it's, I mean, to this day, it's the same thing. Like, you know, I, I, I might be nervous, you know, in the interim talking to the guests and stuff like that, like before we go live. But as soon as that on-air button starts, snaps into gear. And I think that that's, that's how you know you're doing something that you're either really passionate about or really good at, you know, is that, you know, mm-hmm. you have the nervousness, but at the end of the day, you're good at, at what you do. You know, and mm-hmm. I, it's I, I think you have that same thing. You know, you've had that same moment where you realize like, yeah, this is you know what? Somebody is speaking to me about it. Let me listen and not let me not block my blessings. Let me go ahead and, and walk in this. And like you said, walk in this purpose. I love that. That's really dope. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to leave this earth with any regrets. I, well, I won't speak for anybody else, but I don't. Yeah. I often use the 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 example of you know you're at Chuck E. Cheese when I was a child I used to be at Chuck E. Cheese and I would have all these tokens and I would try to save the tokens you know so oh no I'm gonna be back uh, I'll have time to spend these and, and get the big prize yeah and you know 10 years have passed and I would still have those tokens because I just didn't take the chance to go get the prize so I just decided that I'm not gonna leave this earth with tokens in my pocket I'm gonna spend them all and try to get whatever prize it is for me you know. I need that on a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to leave this earth with tokens in my pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm making that a soundbite. I'm definitely keeping that. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. But yeah. So I have a, a comment in the uh, chat here and shout out to all the folks that are watching right now. I got my friend Curtis watching and um, some other folks from all my different walks of life. So Curtis checks in and says, how is it working with Cedric the Entertainer? And so I want to talk a little bit about that and you know, kind of see where that came from and and exactly what he asked, what it's like working with him. Oh, it's amazing. I I still have butterflies when I am around Sid because it's somebody who I grew up watching, you know, uh, comedy. (laughs) That's funny. My my friend said that, oh, y'all on nickname basis. I'm like, right. All right. I didn't say Sidney Pooh, like uh, LaVita. uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm still pretty nervous around him because he is he carries himself like a king. People treat him like a king. And he just has this this presence of royalty about him. And he is. He's he's comedic royalty. He's entertainment royalty in his own right. Uh, but working with Sid is great. I, I learn a lot. I learn so much about the industry. I learn how to carry myself. His his composure is just so impressive to me. 
and he's so chill. You know, like we were backstage, he's he's chilling. We were watching a game. You know, we were exchanging thoughts about basketball. And then he gets on stage and he just kills it. You know, so he's very consistent in in his professionalism. Very kind. And if I ask him a question, you know, he'll he'll give me an answer. But uh, I, I do appreciate that he pays attention and he believes in giving younger folks a chance. You know, so he did not have to ask me to write for him for the Emmys. I'm sure he had other people who could have done that, but he apparently knew that I needed the experience and it's something that I could do. So, you know, he's one of those who is comfortable where he is in his career uh, and he gives back. And I'm just uh, blessed to be a, a beneficiary of his of his kindness. That's awesome. And man, like to be learning underneath Cedric the Entertainer, talk about an OG, like original Kings of Comedy. Like you, it doesn't get no better than that. Like how many comedians yeah. nowadays have based their comedy or who have modeled their comedy careers after watching any of those folks that were on that stage for Kings of Comedy, you know? So that, oh, yeah. That's yeah, you a can hell see of a lesson. Mm-hmm. You can see it. Uh, their, their influence, it, it shines through most Black comedians. You know, you can... Say, oh, okay, yeah, he, he kind of sounds like Bernie Mac, or his swag is kind of like Sid's, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it is. Uh, it feels surreal, but I, I am definitely blessed to uh, even be in the room with him and to open up for him. It's just, uh, it's an honor. I love it. Well, that actually is a good transition. I'm going to play this video clip that we have of you doing a, a singing comedy skit, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about that and sort of, you know, where that came from and, and what the background is <laughs> okay. on that, so. Everybody stay tuned. There we go. We're glitching out. Hold on. Sorry, folks. I said you can't be a praise dancer if you used to be a stripper singer. I said you can't be a praise dancer if you used to be a strip I said you can't be a praise dancer If you used to be a strip Come on! I think you need to go And sit down Cause you can't drop it like it's hot up in here Oh, she wears short dresses to church Because she wants the deacon to make it rain Why don't you listen to her short dress? to church because she wants the deacon to make it rain. Why don't you let go sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. I was cracking up when I saw that. I love that. Thank you. What was the background on that whole clip? Like, what was that? What was the premise for that? Well, I met Ricky Smiley in 2016 and, uh, you know, we hit it off and I was like, yeah, I can write musical stuff too. And um, he'd asked me to write him some songs um, and he didn't get around to using them. And I was like, well, you know, the song is still here. So I'm going to record it and keep it for myself. And yeah, I was afraid to do that song in a church setting because I didn't know how the congregation would respond, <laughs> but they were hollering. And afterwards, see, I got a standing ovation and everything. So uh, recently I just decided to drop that clip. That clip is from at least a couple of years ago. 
and I forgot I had it and I was just looking for something to post on social media and so you know what I'm just gonna post this little clip clip they were cool with it on Instagram TikTok they were they were mad you know she can be she can be a praise dancer God can use her oh lord it don't matter if she was a stripper (laughs) I I was like hey I'm a comedian whatever whatever y'all got going on y'all don't preach at me I'm a comedian okay so people are always <laughs> always 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 like have something to say about something everywhere so mm-hmm. look I think it's hilarious we got comments in the chat K.R. Burns says clutching her pearls <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, other folks are saying hilarious like we we're getting some good comments here so you keep doing what you're doing because it's yeah, fun. <laughs> satire. That's it. It's satire. Exactly. Uh, you're not, you're I'm not in place to judge anybody, but yeah, if something's funny, yeah, we're gonna laugh about it. I tell yeah. you what, if I was in church on one Sunday morning and the pastor was like, "Oh, we got a guest who's gonna come up here and bless us with a song today," <laughs> <laughs> and you got up there and did something like that, I would have been cracking up for sure. So yeah. that would have been like a great deviation from the regular Sunday service. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's all. I mean, just just the realization that that anybody can laugh. You know, I don't know how it got to the point where it's like church people are just prude and they they can't laugh. Yeah, you know, you laugh at home, you laugh and cuss at the family reunion. You know, go ahead yeah. and let it out. God exactly. wants you to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and the the crazy part about it was when I first watched it, it's like the reaction of the lady in the video because you're like, I didn't make a praise dance for it, so you just let the spirit move you. And she's like, yeah. Okay, cool cool and you start <laughs> off and then she stops and she's like what <laughs> yeah she probably thought it was gonna be something slow but she had her shoulders out you know so I said well this is perfect this is perfect <laughs> yeah she's a great volunteer though I wonder where she is has she does she know she's all over the internet <laughs> I'm sure if there's six degrees of separation I'm sure somebody out there is like you know you're on the internet right <laughs> I'm sure she'll find out or she'll see it but so other than the comedian stuff and the uh, music, I know that you're writing currently for Charlemagne the God show, the uh, God's Honest Truth. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about that and sort of how that came about. It seems like that might have been sort of an opportunity that, you know, was was part of your blessings after the Emmy Awards. But how did you get the opportunity to actually write for that show? And, and what does that look like, you know, on a regular basis for you? I was on this platform called Comedy Hype. They have a show, um, Comedy Hype News, which is on YouTube. And I was a comedy analyst on there. So we would talk about all things comedy and just give our viewpoints. It's me, comedian Pierre Capone and uh, host Symphony Thompson. And so from that, from being on that platform, the head writer for The God's Honest Truth saw me, you know, giving my opinions and Yes, I guess he said, okay, she's pretty intelligent and uh, gave me the opportunity to write on the God's honest truth. So comedian Charles McBee uh, was the one who, uh, you know, handpicked me to be one of the staff writers for this particular show. And uh, that was great. This is this is my first like corporate type gig uh, in comedy. First time in a writer's room, even though it was virtual, we did get to do some stuff in person, too, because the show films uh, live in New York. Uh, so that was different for me. That was, uh, I, I will say, this has been one of the highlights of my career, being able to write professionally for a show on uh, Comedy Central. Uh, so yeah, that that show, we're on hiatus right now. Uh, we may be yeah. coming back pretty soon. But uh, yeah, so that's what I did for most of last year. And then I got a chance to be on air as well on that show. I was in whiteface as a uh, Fox News host. <laughs> so I was kind of like, 
you know, like a Sean Hannity, but as a woman. And uh, I had a blonde wig and I was, you know, like a, like a white lady, but I was trolling Charlemagne about what he was saying on the show. Uh, so yeah, that, that has been really fun. But while I was doing the show, that's when I got the call from Sid about uh, doing writing for the Emmys. So actually being in the writer's room for Charlemagne's show prepared me for being in the writer's room for the Emmys. Oh, okay. um, so I, I will say, don't take anything lightly. Because uh, because if, had I not been in that room for Charlemagne's show, I would have been really lost in that Emmys room with all of those veterans. So uh, yeah, God was preparing me and I didn't even know it. Yeah. You know, what's funny when you say that, like, there's a lot of things that we go through in our careers and in our personal lives that we don't realize are preparing us for a next step in things. And you just, you don't notice it until you're in the midst of whatever mm -hmm. that next step is. And you're like, damn, like, I, that was really like, they was really setting me up for this, you know, like, mm -hmm. and it's, it's one of those things where you don't, you don't notice it until you're in the middle of it. And when you're in the middle of it, it's as soon as you notice, you're like, wow, you know, like, yeah. I, I feel that same way about some of the things that, you know, I've dealt with in terms of just the radio station before we were before we became the media company, and we were the radio station. I, I mean, so many things that I went through with WJMS radio have prepared me for success for WJMS media that I'm like, Absolutely. okay, no, this is what needs to happen. And it's like, you know, you sometimes you would just end up grooming yourself, you know, and mm -hmm. being open to the opportunity. I think is the most important thing because a lot mm -hmm. of times, and I, I say this to young kids as well, when I talk to, to younger folks and, and folks who are in like high school and colleges and things, they get tunnel vision, you know, they get this idea of, you know, this is what I want to do when I get out of when I get out of school or when I grow up or whatever. And they don't realize that there's so much more to, you know, jobs and careers than just that one thing, like kids that are like, oh, I want to be a basketball player. But there are mm -hmm. so many people behind and around that basketball player that sometimes make more money than the player himself and don't have to destroy their bodies, but they're still in that industry and they're still doing certain things because, you know, a lot of times it's a lot of these kids are, are aspiring to be, you know, athletes, musicians, things like that, where it's sometimes it's kind of hard to get in there and to really break and, and make it and, and make it big. And if you mm -hmm. do, sometimes you destroy your body. And so you have to have a plan B. Um, and so I always talk to people about having that plan B and making sure that they understand that they need to be open to opportunities because you never know when something like the opportunity to write for the Emmys is going to fall into your lap just because you are available and open to, you know, speaking about it and, and willing to experience it. And so I think that's really powerful and it's awesome that, that, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Just be open. And, um, the way I got, uh, the Emmys gig from Sid is uh, we were we were performing in Naples, Florida, summer 2021, and it was just me and him in this little club. Uh, I was opening, doing about 25 minutes, and then Sid would close it out. And so one night I was listening to his set, and uh, I was like, "Oh, I see some some stuff I can add, you know, we can make it even funnier." And I made all these notes, and uh, <laughs> I hit my mom up, and I said, "Mom, I got some I got some notes. Like I want to pitch some ideas to Sid." And uh, I was scared, you know, she was like, well, just do it. You know, what's the, what's the most he can say? Just not use the notes. I said, okay. And so I gave him the notes and I was like, yeah, I think you can say this, you can add this. And uh, he used them and they all worked that next night. And I was like, oh, okay. And he came off stage and he was like, yeah, them, those notes worked out pretty well. I was like, yeah, yeah, they did. And then three months later, he called me about the Emmys gig. So had I not taken that chance, to be in the moment and listen to his set and 
uh, give him some additional ideas on those on, on his jokes and he wouldn't even he would not have even known that I could write that I had the capacity yep. to do something other than stand up so you know just just take the chance uh, because being a stand-up comedian is one thing but you can also get money from being a writer you're not on stage you can be behind the scenes you know yep. uh, so the, the opportunities for additional streams of income are really vast in the entertainment industry they are. They absolutely are. And I'll, I'll tell you, too, when I was younger and, and before I started the radio station, for me, like my glass ceiling, I always wanted to be a, a radio personality on Sirius XM. For me, that was like the like quintessential ultimate, like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then the opportunity to, to have my own radio station presented itself. And I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> that's actually a little bit better. I can own the platform and then I can really say and do what I want, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I can kind of be in charge. And I wasn't even thinking about that. You know, I hadn't even taken right. my own advice back in the day. I mean, I didn't know it back in the day, but now I talk about being open to opportunities because had I just said, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't even know where I would be today. You know, I had right. no idea how to run a radio station. I had no idea how to do any of that, but I just knew I was like, yeah, that sounds right. I'm going to do it. And I had no clue, you know, and it's like, I just went with it and I followed my intuition. I said, yeah, let's do this. But had I said no, if I was too scared and I was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to, if I held back, I don't know where I would be right now. We probably wouldn't be having this conversation, you and I, but I, I know mm -hmm. that the radio station and the media company has enriched my life and, and my, my network of people that I've met just who are amazing people in ways I can't even imagine. And so it's, it's just to me, like, take the opportunity, take the shot. If it's scary, that means it's good. You know, a lot of times those right. scary opportunities are the ones that push you to your limits and past your comfort zone so that you can grow as a person and you can, and you can, you know, groom yourself into the next position that you're supposed to take, like we talked about. So I love Absolutely. it. Take, mm -hmm. shoot your shot. All 22 people, shoot all 2022. Shoot it. <laughs> we got a comment in the chat here from K.R. Burns. She says, or they say, I'm sorry, I don't know what your what your pronoun is, but it says, during the pandemic, you had a lot of IG content on Trump. Did you ever get tired of talking about Trump? I think we all got tired of talking about Trump. I know I did. Oh, I, I think that answer is twofold. It was, uh, it was giving me content, so I wasn't tired of that. I wasn't tired of going viral at his expense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of views. <laughs> You know, so I wasn't tired in that sense. And, you know, I, I felt the need to, to call him out, but do so in a way that was funny to kind of take the edge off how sad it was that uh, he was in office and was able to do all these things. So for me, it was therapy. You know, I, I was tired of talking about him, but the whole world was talking about him. So I just did it in my own way. Uh, in a way that gave people some kind of relief, because otherwise we all just would have been angry, you know, like, how, how is this man in office? You know, that's what I, I was, I felt myself getting angry. And so instead of just releasing it in anger, I just decided to do it uh, humorously. Yeah. So it's harder now. I don't have as much content against, uh, with Biden. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I definitely had, it was, it was easier. Uh, you know, yeah. to, to have content because Trump was always doing something dumb. Always. He was consistently always. doing something. It was like, gosh, there was no shortage of content because of this man. Like, it was a very content-filled four years that he was in office. It was maddening. It's like every other day you turn on the news and you're like, oh, God, okay. <laughs> when, he, when he said two Corinthians, I damn near fell out the bed. I just, I just couldn't believe it. And I think like, he, he was holding the Bible upside down. Like, this man, he is an unintentional comedian. He doesn't even know it. But he's funny. Like, 
So I want to jump into a little bit of like your, not your personal life per se, but I want to know about you as a person. So, you know, if you had an extra three hours in your day, somehow, some way, everything fell through, all your plans fell through, and you just all of a sudden had three hours in your day that were free and clear, what would we find you doing? Walking, hiking. Uh, I love walking and, and just being in nature. Um, like I would, I like to just go stand by some body of water and just listen to it. That's actually how I go to sleep. Uh, my wife and I, we turn on rain and thunder sounds, but to actually be next to that, uh, I was in the Virgin Islands once and all of the sounds that were on my app were actually happening on the island. It was amazing. Like the, the rustling of the, of the, uh, the trees and it sounded like rain on a tin roof. It was all it was all live uh, on the Virgin Islands, but I would just be out in nature, uh, maybe I eating a cookie that. or something. Eating a cookie, <laughs> I like sweets. I'm so glad you didn't <laughs> say something like sleeping. Like I was, I was half expecting you to say sleeping because most folks that are busy like ourselves are like, yeah, I'll be asleep. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't like sleeping. It's, I mean, it's a struggle for me to sleep. I know sleeping is good for you. It, it helps build the immune system and helps get the toxins out. You know, resets your body. So I do sleep, but it's not necessarily what I like to do. I'm ready to get up and read and work and do stuff. So I get about seven to eight hours, maybe six, but no, I'm not seven asleep. Seven or eight is I, ideal. Like what? That's great. <laughs> yeah. But I do fall asleep really quickly. Like I'm sleeping right now. I Listen. fall asleep really quickly. It's yeah. it's pretty embarrassing. I mean, like in comedy clubs, uh, the louder it is, the easier it is for me to go to sleep. So I am a sleeper, but I don't like sleeping a lot. <laughs> We have sort of semi that in common. I can fall asleep fast. If I sit still long enough, I will fall asleep. Like I have to move consistently mm-hmm. or I will literally, my body's like, oh, we done? All right, cool. But like yeah. in terms of yeah. falling asleep in loud venues, I don't know about that. Like yeah. that, you're on your own for that. That's a little strange. I don't know where I that fell asleep from. playing the drum set one night. We, we were playing oh. a, a blues song and it was just a, a slow blues <laughs> da, 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 and it was a 12 to 4 a.m. gig you know oh. so i had i had gone to sleep i had to wake up and go to the gig at 12 to 4 a.m. and so it was just a slow blues and i just dozed right on off i didn't get off beat though uh, but the guitar player was like, <laughs> you know, he like hit the drum, like wake up, like oh shit, I'm wow. Sleep. <laughs> but you ain't even miss a beat. That's the part that's hilarious. Like, how do you fall asleep drumming and still be on beat? Yeah, this blues <laughs> that had it been rock or something, that would have been a rap. But yeah, you know, s- slow blues is just that. It's slow and it can be a little boring. <laughs> so yeah, that's what twelve a.m. to four a.m. That's just insane. It's like a nice, out it's a nice spot. Oh, people are out. It's a nice spot called F. Jones Corner in Jackson, Mississippi. And it's in the historic Fast Street District if you're ever in Jackson. And yeah, it's packed. It's like a hole in the wall. And they have all kind of food like chicken and fried grits and, um, you know, all, all the foods that you would eat that time of night after you had a little something to eat. Uh, had a little something to drink, rather. Yeah, but it's uh, called F. Jones Corner, Frank Jones Corner. And the the shift for the musicians is 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. Yep. Ouch. Ouch wow. is right. Mm-hmm. It's like you fall asleep and nobody pays attention, but for a packed house, oh yeah, no, everyone's noticing. <laughs> it's dark in there. It's it's pretty dark, you know. 
uh, and nobody was dancing at that time. So they weren't like in our faces, you know, it was like right at 12. So people were coming in slowly, but surely okay. I just didn't sleep long enough that day. Yeah. Fell asleep playing the drum set. It happened. I, that's pretty impressive. I, I have to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> but so the last thing or not last thing, but the, one of the other things that I noticed in your, your resume here is that you have a podcast. There's only one mm -hmm. episode though. And I really liked it. And I wanted to know if you were coming out with any more episodes or, you know, if which, anything. which podcast are you talking about? That's the one that you had. What? It's like just the one single episode. It was on. Um, it's not raising the you call them, yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah. What, what platform were you on where it's only one episode out? I went on your website. I'm That's odd. Me. Oh, the website. Okay. Yeah, I think it may be one feature, just one feature on the website. But uh, if you go on. Uh. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, it should be eight. It should be eight episodes. So that's uh, season one was eight episodes. Ah, okay. But yeah, on the website, I think it's like the latest one featured on there. Okay, mm -hmm. gotcha. Yeah, Raising so the Sith. that podcast, um, how often do you do that? What's the plans for that for 2022? And, you know, I guess shout it out so people know where they can listen and, and check it out. Yeah, so it's called Raised in the Sip. Uh, that's uh, also the title of uh, one of my singles from last year where I talk about, you know, being from Mississippi and there's a music video to go along with the song. I filmed it inside the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum. Uh, it's a really powerful video and I'm just shouting out some people who were raised in the SIP that you may not know about. Uh, so I decided to start a podcast in collaboration with the Women's Foundation of Mississippi. So on the podcast are people, uh, women who were uh, raised in Mississippi and are doing things to contribute to the betterment of girls and women. Uh, but it, it doesn't just have to be women on the podcast. If you are a person who is doing some kind of work uh, to help women, you can be on the podcast. But I've had Pamela Jr., who's the director of the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, Cassandra Welshlin, who's fighting really hard to get an equal pay law on the books for women in Mississippi, Nasley Cephas, who is a, uh, I consider a tech, um, Queen, the queen of tech of Mississippi. She uh, is doing a lot to improve uh, tech in, in technology education in Mississippi. So I have about eight guests on. A good friend of mine, Tania, she's a musician. Um, and we have been in Africa playing together, but she does a lot of in, important work. Uh, and so the first season is just amazing. I mean, if you are a creative, if you're somebody who's interested in women's issues, or if you're interested in self-help type talk, uh, that is the podcast to listen to. It's it's very encouraging. It's, it's not just for women, even though we do talk about some women issues. It's a really good podcast and we, we do cover um, a range of things. So I'm, it's just one-on-one -on -one interviews and I'm using my, my public radio skills, uh, <laughs> asking the good questions, you know, and, um, you know, just trying to let the interviewee shine. And so for season two, I plan to do some live things because it was all audio, it was during the pandemic. And so we yep. were just uh, doing Zoom Record. things like this. Uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna do it live. Hope to get some bigger guests and have people come out and uh, you know be, be part of the conversation live where you can ask questions. I hope to get people like Stacey Abrams and Anjanou Ellis uh, on uh, just so we can have these these conversations, you know, but also conversations that encourage people to do something. You know, I think we talk a lot here in America yeah. But, uh, then, then the doing part kind of takes a back seat. So we not only just want to talk, we want to, we want to do and put things into action as well. Absolutely, and that's on all major platforms, right? You said it's on, mm -hmm. uh, so Spotify, Stitcher, 
iTunes, um, Apple. Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, wherever you get your podcast, you should be able to get it. It's on Google Podcasts as well. Uh, maybe Amazon. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, it was just being raised <laughs> in the Sith. That's S-I-P-P with Rita Brent, and it should pop up. And just binge listen. I guarantee you'll you'll feel something good. You'll feel good after you get get finished listening to either yeah. of the interviews. Comments in the chat already saying sounds incredible and can't wait to check it out. So that's exciting. Mm, um, I you. will drop the link to all of that stuff uh, at the end of the episode, folks. I'll put all of her contact information and her links and things like that. So if you want to follow up and and you know go check it out, it'll be right there for you to click on. So we're almost closing in on the last 15 minutes of the show here. I want to see what do you have in store for 2022? You know, we've talked a lot about what you've done so far. What are you doing currently? Yeah, so the EP is coming um, at some point, hopefully uh, before the end of the year. Maybe I'll do a Christmas song as well. You know, something, <laughs> something bluesy. Don't Can you do a comedy Christmas album? Like, I don't know. I'm tired of listening to the same 18 Christmas songs on repeat for like a month and a half, two <laughs> months out of every year. Uh, you mean comedy or music? Both. Oh, yeah, that, that'd be fun. Like, I saw Mommy drinking the Henny under the Christmas tree or something. I don't know. Like, let's make some <laughs> remixes. It's time for some different music. Like, that's funny. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, I could totally do that. That's that's really funny. I like that. Uh, yeah, I can make that happen. So, yeah, EP, and uh, I'm going to start doing my own tour. Um, the name of it is Born Funny. And I mean that in a couple ways, you know, born funny, hee hee, or born funny, ha ha, you know, as I do have a wife. So, <laughs> but the uh, the name of the tour is going to be Born Funny. I kind of kicked it off on my birthday and it went really well, but I hope to go to some more places in the South. Uh, I got a lot of folks in Dallas and Houston want me to come there. So I'll do a Southern tour, at least 10 cities. Um, I'm just going to do some live stand up. And uh, working on a, doing a big, bigger comedy special in my hometown uh, in the fall because I'm going to be recording a comedy album in conjunction with this company that reached out. So those are the, the big things. And, and other than that, you know, I often am asked about five year plan and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I have my plans and then God's like, you know, those are too little. So yeah, yeah. I honestly don't know. You know, I do know summers are really hot for me. That's when all the big things that happen to me happen in the summer. I met Kevin Hart in the summer, Ricky Smiley in the summer, Cedric the Entertainer in the summer. Every summer, something big pops off. And that's because it's my season. I don't like cold. I don't like being cold, none of that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just gonna do the work and move with good intentions and uh, just wait for the blessing to come and just be prepared when it comes. So yeah, I have some ideas in mind, but uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm in control of what's gonna happen. My, my saying is, what's divine can't be denied. So. Uh, I'm just going to be prepared when the thing comes. Yeah, man, I never asked for a five-year plan because when people ask me for my five-year plan, I hate it because I'm like, I mean, like I have, like you said, I have plans, but like they don't always pan out that way. Like sometimes different right. opportunities. Like if you asked me five years ago if I'd be having a radio station, the answer would have been nope. And so here we are, you know, like things change, mm -hmm. but I always do ask what's on the horizon. Like what's coming this year? <laughs> like what you got mm -hmm. going on right now that people can get involved with? And so is there anything else uh, that we may have missed or that I may have missed that you want to talk about that you want to share with the audience tonight? We got about another 10 or so minutes. Um, and I just want to give you the opportunity, whether it's, you know, social, whether it's personal, whether it's, you know, career wise, you know, floor is yours to really kind of share something um, that you want to discuss. You know, I, I have been thinking about uh, making a post on uh, Facebook 
And the theme of the post was gonna be why I stayed. Uh, I've listened and been watching, watching the news lately and we saw the passing of Regina King's son, mm-hmm. uh, the former Miss USA. I think she may have been from Michigan. Yeah. You know, just today we saw Michael K. Williams. They're going to charge some folks with conspiracy in, in his death. And uh, I think it was maybe like 2016, 2017, I was feeling suicidal myself. Another young man from The Walking Dead, James Mosley, I think his name is. He, uh, uh, they, they suspect he committed suicide as well. And it had me it had me thinking about why I stayed. You know, 2016, I had just gone through a divorce with my ex-husband and I was in the closet and I was afraid to come out because I was in Mississippi and I wasn't talking about personal things in my stand-up. You know, it was real surface level and mm-hmm. I just got real depressed. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to be here. You know, that's what I said. I said, I don't want to be here. And I remember telling a friend that. And when I said it out loud, I immediately said, oh, no, I take that back. I, I do want to be here, you know. It's like something about verbalizing it made me realize that that's not really what I wanted. And so I remember I had my, my pistol on the bed and I just kept procrastinating. This is the first time procrastinating actually came in handy. Like I was going to the mailbox. I'm like, let me check the mail before I check out. You know, let me, let me do the dishes. I can't leave my house any kind of way. But, you know, I stayed. I, I remember hearing Maya Angelou say something. Uh, Maya Angelou, I think that's how she has pronounced she says something to the effect of how will you know, how do you know if things uh, would, would get better if you don't stay, you know, if you don't stay alive, how would you know? Um, and I think that's a conversation we just need to have with each other. Um, removing the stigma about mental health, uh, normalizing therapy, normalizing not calling a friend crazy or telling them that uh, they just need to take a nap or you'll be all right, you know, normalizing being present uh, in the lives of people that you care about and paying attention to signs when there may be distress, but you're too busy or you're too occupied on social media to pay attention to people. Um, You know, I think that's uh, something that I want to do better about in 2022. And I hope other people do as well, because you never know that one conversation with somebody can, you know, save your life. Had I not talked to my friend that day and verbalized that, you know, I might've made a different decision. Um, but I remember saying to myself, I'm not going to make a permanent decision in a moment of temporary weakness, you know? Uh, so yeah, just, just, just want to encourage people who are out there this evening who may be dealing with something, you know, if you can muster up the, the strength to stay, just, just try it because you, you don't know how your circumstances might change, you know, for the better. So. Absolutely. And that actually, I'm I'm looking to do a, a roundtable. So WJMS Media is looking to do several roundtables throughout the year on different topics. One of those topics is like mental health and, you know, suicide awareness and stuff like that. And so I'd love to get you in as a panelist if you're interested and we can actually have that conversation, like you said, you know, bring mm-hmm. some some people who have dealt with it, some, you know, just people from all different walks of life together to talk about it and start having conversations so that we can start to, like you said, end the stigma behind vocalizing and actually speaking about what's going on, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And it should, it should be no shame. You know, we, we all go through things respectively, you know, dealing with loss, whether it's job loss, the, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a relationship, you know, we're human. These things can, can get really tough. Um, so I think we all just need to find healthy outlets uh, to talk about these things, you know. Absolutely. And K.R. Burns checks in again on Facebook and says, thank you for your honesty. Glad you found your purpose. The world needs your gift. So mm, you're, you, you're definitely 
you're hitting some nerves in the in the chat, you know. So definitely keep doing what you're doing. You're you're definitely a a light, and people are are attracting to that. So that's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. So with the last ten minutes here, or nine minutes or so before we close, I want to give you an opportunity to shout out all of the various ways that people can get in touch with you, follow the things that you're doing, and you know, look in and take in some of your content. So go ahead and shout out all of your platforms. All right. Uh, I don't want to be on all these platforms, but I have to be. So I'm on Facebook. Uh, Rita Brent is my personal page and Rita Brent Comedy is my fan page. I pretty much post the same content on both of those. So Rita Brent, Rita Brent Comedy on Facebook. Same for Instagram, Rita Brent Comedy. TikTok, Rita Brent Comedy. Twitter, which I have the least amount of following. I just don't do much on that platform, but I am on there. And on YouTube as well, I do this thing called the Rita Brent Report, where I will report on something in the news and, you know, make it funny. I recently reported on Joe Biden's gaffe when he called that reporter an SOB because his microphone was still hot. <laughs> so I just take some of those hot news story and uh, make them hotter with laughter or satirical songs. So definitely follow me on YouTube. Uh, I drop some pretty funny stuff on there. And I think that's it. Maybe that's it. I don't have an OnlyFans account yet. I got <laughs> to that point. We, we rub pennies to together, point. but we ain't there yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I told my wife, I said, be on standby now. Be on standby just in case. Keep your toes done. Because, you know, they paying for feet pictures out here. I don't know if you know that, but these men Listen. out here are, are freaky. They paying for feet pictures. Well, there are plenty can't just of Google women it. that are ready to send you feet pictures for some money. Yeah, they're they getting that change. I can't, Someone's got to appreciate the these toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so not only fans at the moment. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> but if you have an OnlyFans someday, I'm sure it would be Rita Brent. So. <laughs> no, I'm having an alias. Uh, I'm have, I, I think I'll probably give me a little alias. Oh, they going to recognize man. you. They're going to notice who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you big now. They're going to know who you are. <laughs> yeah, wear, that's like, the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, somebody will see me in an obscure place. Like, where ain't you the girl from? You know, whatever. We were in Miami once, my wife and I. I think it was last last January for her birthday. And we went to a new beach. And she was like, come on, let's get I'm like, I can't get naked. I'm a baby celebrity. I can't do this. TMZ is probably <laughs> hiding in the sand with a camera. <laughs> no, no. I'm a baby celebrity. I'm a, I'm a random celebrity, I think. <laughs> yeah. People randomly recognize me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> TMZ in the sand. It's funny because it's true. Like it's not too outlandish, like for them to actually be hidden in the sand somewhere. So yeah, oh, that's great. I mean, they break news within seconds. I'm like, wow, how how y'all yeah. do this? Y'all got They're people like, microchip? What's happening? Paparazzi ninjas. I don't understand it, but. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for being with me tonight. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I am going to make sure to tag all of your social media handles in the comments and stuff like that. And uh, once we post the, the full episode so that people can go straight to your page to connect with you. I just, you're awesome. And I really appreciate, you know, everything that you're doing and, you know, the laughs <laughs> that you've given me thank so you. far. Shout out to everybody who's been watching and listening and dropping comments. We appreciate you as well. To the folks behind the scenes that help make WJMS Media possible, thank you as well. Uh, make sure you connect with us on social media too. We are at WJMS Media on everything as well. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all of the ones. I don't even know if I mentioned them all, but they're all there. So go ahead and check us out. We're on YouTube as well. You can hit our, our uh, website at WJMSRadio.com uh, and 
the newsletter, subscribe to that. Make sure that you get connected with us so you can see all the things that we have happening with the media company now that we are new and we are launched. Um, and again, just one more time, thank you so much for being with me today, Rita, and everything that you're doing. Make sure you share that single when you redo it um, with Trayvon Martin. Okay. Mother. That would be amazing. So I will. definitely post and, and promote with you as well. So to everybody else, please stay safe out there. We will catch you next time on WJMS Media. Sound Off will be back with another episode on Saturday. So make sure you're tuned in once more. I'll send out that link. And again, stay safe and we'll see you next time.